All right, today we're going to talk about that second commandment. We have mentioned the first and uh, great commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the fourth in a series on the love commandments found in Matthew 22. Let me read again that section for those of you who have tuned in for the first time. When the Pharisees heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they gathered themselves together. And one of them, a lawyer, that meant a, a theologian who was an expert in the Old Testament law, asked him a question, testing him. This was a, a question that was really a trap. It was not a question for, uh, for information, but a question in order to, to put him on the spot so that if he answered uh, uh, one of these commandments is better than the other nine of the Ten Commandments, then they could say, well, here he is demeaning nine of the Ten Commandments. So they were trying to trap him. Well, Jesus gave them an answer, quite an answer, far beyond well, all that they expected and going far beyond them and giving us a tremendous amount of significant teaching that we all need to learn in our lives. His answer was this. He said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. He quoted in that verse Deuteronomy 6, 5. In other words, as we saw last time, he was saying, God must be put first in everything that you do in life. Everything you do should be related to him. He was not chopping man up into certain sections like heart, soul, and mind, because in one of the parallel passages it says, with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. Strength is certainly not a piece of man or a chunk of man or a, a certain kind of entity or a, a slice of man. So what he's talking about here is to give God entire, our entire lives, all of our thinking, all of our decision-making, ought to be done in reference to him. God ought to be the, the key factor in everything that we do, everything that we say, and everything that we think in life. So he goes on to say this is the great and first commandment. And of course it summarized the first part of the Ten Commandments that have to do with God, the first four, about uh, loving God uh, with all of our uh, heart and worship and loving God and uh, in acknowledging his name properly and loving God and in laying aside time to serve him and uh, uh, live like him and so on. Now the second he goes on to say in verse 39 is like it, that is like the first commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he goes on to say that on these two commandments depend or hang the whole law and prophets, not just the Ten Commandments, and not just even the law, that is the first five books in that narrow sense of the word law of the Old Testament, but the whole law and prophets, a technical phrase meaning the whole Testament. And really we could go on to say even the New Testament hangs on this thing, because uh, for a philosophy of life and for a description of what the Bible is all about, you couldn't put it better than to say that the man who is able to love God and love his neighbor in uh, the ways in which Jesus says here is the man who is the complete and perfect man. And that the, the Bible is really designed in order to teach us how to love God and how to love our neighbor. Salvation, which the Bible tells us about, is a matter of uh, how to love, begin loving God. You begin loving him by, by trusting in the love that he showed uh, for you, Christian, in Jesus Christ. You know that. When you trusted Christ, you were saying, I know that he loved me and gave himself for me. And you began to love him because of what he loved, did in loving you and sending his son for you. Well, the rest of your life, all that you're doing, all the changes that are taking place in your life, all the things that you're learning in the Bible, all the things that are being assimilated from this book into your daily living are all a matter of coming to love God more and love him more intelligently and more earnestly and more fully than you ever did before. 
And this matter of uh, loving your neighbor is the same way. It's a matter of the second part of the, the uh, commandments, uh, commandments uh, 5 through uh, 10, in which we have uh, commandments directed toward your neighbor, uh, not committing adultery toward your neighbor, and learning how to, uh, to uh, uh, not covet uh, your neighbor and, uh, or not kill your neighbor, and the positive sides of all those to, to help your neighbor's marriage progress and to, to help your neighbor in getting things that he needs and to help your neighbor to, uh, uh, <coughs> uh, and, and his body to uh, be in better and, and fuller health and uh, to, for him to prosper and so on, and all the things that might be said about these other Ten Commandments. But I want you to notice right now one thing about this second commandment. We have been told in our psychologizing day that this means that you've got to learn to love yourself before you can learn to love your neighbor. It says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And we're told that until you can learn how to love yourself, you're not going to be able to obey the second commandment, learn how to love your neighbor. Nothing could be farther from Jesus' mind when he was giving these commandments. Let me make that very clear. Jesus did not say in this commandment that you shall love your neighbor in the ways in which you love yourself, that the content of how you love yourself is how you shall love your neighbor. That's not what he's saying at all. And he certainly wasn't saying that these two commandments depend upon a third commandment, that you couldn't really learn how to love God or learn how to love your neighbor until first you had learned how to love yourself that there was a third commandment that was even more basic than perhaps both or at least one of these other two commandments, nothing could be farther from Jesus' words. You dare not add a third commandment today, namely love yourself. He didn't command us to love ourselves. Nowhere in all the word of God are we commanded to love ourselves. This is psychologizing scripture. And there are a lot of people around today doing it. A lot of people who are teaching that you've got to learn how to love yourself. The Bible never commands you to love yourself. Here there are two commandments. We read about two commandments, the first and the second. And then in verse 40, on these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Not three, two. When Jesus says there are two, you better not make it three. And when he says these two take up the whole, then you better not add a third, which means that there is need for another one. You look out for all those psychologizing books today. There are books all over the Christian bookstands telling you that you've got to love yourself. That's garbage. Rubbish. Throw it away. It's not true. Indeed, it distorts and twists and warps everything Jesus is trying here to teach. You say, well, what does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself then? Well, it certainly doesn't mean that you go around looking for the ways that you do things for yourself. You know, you do a lot of wrong things to yourself. Look how you injure your body and the way you eat, or maybe other ways too. Or you're supposed to do that, that kind of thing then for your neighbor? No, the standard for loving your neighbor is not what you do for yourself. The standard for loving your neighbor is what the Ten Commandments and the rest of the Bible teach you to do for your neighbor. That's the standard. It doesn't mean here that you are to take your own life as the standard for how you love your neighbor. Nothing, nothing could be farther from the truth than that. Maybe you begin to see now something of the whole. Well, what does it mean then, you say? Here's what it means. The second, he says in verse 39, is like the first. Well, how is it like it? Not in that both of them have to do with love. That's too obvious to make a point of. But what he's making the point of is this, that as you are to love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, that is to give it all you've got, so you are to love your neighbor in like manner. That is, you are to love your neighbor with the same kind of intensity that you have in loving God. And the way that he can best say that is 
to love your neighbor as you love yourself with the same kind of concern, the same kind of care, the same kind of interest that you have in yourself. In other words, to love your neighbor means to have the same kind of intensity of love for your neighbor that you have for yourself, the same kind of, 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 of grasp on what to do for another person that you have on how to take care of yourself, the concern you have for taking care of yourself, not in the ways you do it, but with the concern that you have to do it. This is an argument like that one in Ephesians where Paul says to, for, to husbands to love their wives as they love their own body. No man, he says, ever hated his own body but nourishes it and cherishes it. And so here he's saying we know how to really do all kinds of things for ourselves. We, we really have a great deal of concern and love for ourselves. Well, you have that same kind of concern, that same intensity, that same uh, f- uh, fervor that you have in loving yourself. Lord, may we see how much we really do love ourselves and begin to love our neighbors that way. Beginning today, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen.